Welcome to Statehouse Soundbites, WITF's Pennsylvania Politics Podcast. I'm Katie Meyer, State Capitol Bureau Chief for WITF. You can hear my reports on public radio stations across the state. Uh, with me today is Susan Phillips. She's an energy reporter for State Impact Pennsylvania, and she's based at WHYY in Philadelphia. Generally, we focus on the Capitol on this podcast, but this week, not a whole lot happened in the Capitol. So we're expanding outward to talk about one of the more important things that happened in Pennsylvania this week, which was a suspension of construction at the behest of the Department of Environmental Protection, Pennsylvania's department, uh, on the Sunoco Mariner East to Pipeline. So, Susan, uh, what exactly, what does this mean that they've suspended construction? Well, uh, all construction has stopped, and that is due to, as DEP has said in its order, halting the construction, uh, continued violations of the permits um, that were issued to the company in order to construct the pipeline. Okay. And so, for a little bit of background on this pipeline, um, it's uh, projected to cost $2.5 billion. It's going to stretch when it's finished 350 miles uh, to carry natural gas from Marcellus Shale in western Pennsylvania and eastern Ohio to Philadelphia area where there's an export terminal. So, I mean, construction obviously not completed and now it's stopping. Um, What were the issues that caused the DEP to want to freeze construction? So, Katie, this goes back at least six months um, when we first started hearing about water contamination. I guess it was around July 4th. I remember it was July 4th weekend, getting emails from people living in the Philadelphia suburbs that there was something weird going on with the Mariner East 2 pipeline construction and that people were losing their water or that their water was turning black or brown. Um, and then we heard that some people were moved to hotels temporarily um, by Sunoco and the more we looked into it, um, we realized that what ha- what actually happened was part of the pipeline construction is something called horizontal directional drilling. So instead of building a big giant trench and putting a pipeline in it, what they do is they send a drill underneath the ground. And this is supposedly more um, – this, this is supposed to protect the environment. Uh, more than just doing open trench. But it seems like it's just been having a lot of problems across the state with this particular pipeline. And what happened was during the drilling process, there was drilling mud that entered into the aquifer and ruined a number of private water wells. Now, the mud itself is not toxic to humans, but you wouldn't want to drink mud. So ended up in this particular community in Chester County, it ended up being a situation where they had to be hooked up to a public water supply. And when we did more reporting on it, we found, oh, this wasn't the first time this happened. This has actually happened lots of times. And in one case, it was in, you know, a wetland um, in central Pennsylvania. It was in high-value trout streams along the route of the pipeline. Um, and, and the more we looked into it, the more we found more accidents like this. And this is sort of a culmination of that because what happened was that there was a lawsuit that ended up in court and there was a settlement between the DEP and some environmental groups and Sunoco where Sunoco was ordered to do things a little differently, um, 
But what happened, according to this latest um, move by DEP, is that Sunoco actually had continued to have these drilling mud spills, which they call, technically they call them inadvertent returns, because it's not as if they're dumping wastewater somewhere on purpose. It is actually accidental, but it does can have an impact, especially um, if it's a, you know, high-value trout stream. A lot of mud in a trout stream, as you know, could kill tiny little fish and, and suffocate um, aquatic life. So what happened recently was the DEP found out that Sunoco had been drilling in places they were not even permitted to drill. So in other words, a lot of the places where they had these accidents with drilling mud, they were permitted to drill. But then recently, the DEP found that they were drilling in other places where they were not permitted to drill. So that seems to be sort of when the the DEP decided to pull the plug on this, at least temporarily. Interesting. And so um, this is where we get into they've uh, been suspended because they violated two different kinds of permits. Was one the inadvertent returns and one was drilling where they weren't supposed to? Yeah, I I wouldn't get too much into the technicalities of that. Um, It's not a permit to... For, for inadvertent returns. I mean, I could go into those permits, but it's they're basically the the general permits for this kind of construction is erosion and sediment control and water crossing permits, right? So you have to, in order to do such a large, you know, industrial project, you have to get permits um, based on Pennsylvania as well as federal laws. Um, and you have to make sure that you're doing every, everything you can if you're going to cross waterways, not to pollute the waterway, um, and also do what you can to prevent erosion um, and sedimentation, you know, falling into these uh, streams and, and, and waterways of the state. So it's, it's really, these permits are a way to protect the water. Um, and, you know, as you know, even even when... You think it's a smaller, tiny stream that gets uh, polluted with drilling mud, it can have larger ramifications downstream. It could be sort of like death by a thousand cuts. And there's this, this like you said earlier, this is a 350-mile-long pipeline, so it's crossing a lot of streams. I mean, there's a lot of water in Pennsylvania, <laughs> and so there's a lot of streams to cross if you're going to go across the state. So these permits were basically, you know, in place to ensure that a company does what it can to not pollute the waterways. And I guess DEP came to the conclusion that they had no choice but to stop construction because Sunoco had continuously um, violated a number of these permits. And now I do want to ask, I mean, what could or what should, in the eyes of the DEP, what should Sunoco have done to stop these, as you call them, inadvertent returns? Is there some, you know, method that they're supposed to be using or is it just, you know, figure it out? It's an interesting question. I mean, I've talked to a couple people recently about this horizontal drilling and it's apparently not that uncommon to have these mud spills. I don't know how common it is to have the number of mud spills or inadvertent returns that Sunoco has had. Um, I think what some people have told me was that they were not prepared for 
the geology of Pennsylvania. I mean, I'm not a geologist. I can't speak to that. But it is, especially in Philadelphia suburbs, what I've been told by different geologists that I've spoken to is that, you know, you've got limestone and you've got granite. You've got limestone often on top of granite. Limestone is very porous. Um, so you can't, if something leaks into limestone, you can't really control or know where it's going to go. Um, and so that apparently has been an issue for them. Okay. And now um, if we're going forward on this, well, first of all, I mean, how significant is this? Uh, what I've heard is that a, a stop work order of this nature, I mean, it's pretty rare, right? That's what I've heard as well. It's pretty rare. Um, now, a lot of folks think, and these are people who are opposed to this pipeline project, what they're saying is, well, this isn't that big of a deal because the work was already stopped given the weather, um, number one. Number two, they feel like what they have actually been pushing Wolf to do is stop the pipeline and have a risk assessment, and that hasn't been done on this pipeline, um, but it's something that certainly a lot of residents in suburban Philadelphia have been pushing for. And the Wolf, uh, Governor Wolf has said he, he wouldn't oppose a risk assessment. He just thinks that it's up to the Pennsylvania Public Utility Commission to do the risk assessment. Um, and a risk although, assessment in this case, that would just be, you know, the the possible downfalls, pitfalls of a pipeline like this, like exactly. a study? Okay. Like what, what actually are, you know, calculate the risks of this pipeline going across people's backyards, near, you know, close to hospitals, close sure. to schools. Sure. I mean, I think what they're worried about is that since it's a natural gas liquid pipeline, if a pipeline leaks natural gas liquid, once it gets to the atmosphere, it becomes a gas, and it's colorless and odorless. So they wouldn't know that the leak exists. That's what they're worried about. And even though it's colorless and odorless and it's floating out there in the atmosphere, um, it is, you know, highly combustible. So if somebody was smoking a cigarette, for instance, near a leak, it, it could blow up. How often has this happened? I don't know. It doesn't seem to be something that happens um, often, but it's one of those things where it could be, although it could be very rare, it could be very catastrophic at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that's what people that I've spoken to are concerned about. Now, when you talk to Sunoco, they say the risks are not high, that, you know, um, that they are going above and beyond what the standards are for building this pipeline and welding this you know, pipeline um, together, because I think that's that's a big issue. Or, or is, you know, you got to take pieces of pipe and put them together and make sure that the welds are, are such that the pipeline is sealed um, and secure. Um, now, what's interesting is there was a leak of the Mariner East 1 um, last year, and that didn't get reported much. And, and I know that the PUC... Um, I mean, we reported on it, but the PUC is continuing to do an investigation, and I don't know what the results of that investigation are. And nothing explosive happened, right? Somebody caught it. Somebody saw a lot of dead vegetation um, in their backyard and called the pipeline company, and and they came out right away and, and fixed the leak. But um, And nobody was hurt. Nobody was harmed. 
But that's the kind of thing that I think that a lot of the residents, at least in the suburbs of Philadelphia, are concerned about. Yeah. So now we've got this stop work order on the Mariner East 2. Obviously, you know, when you talk about something like this, everybody has their own set of concerns. Everybody has their own set of, you know, I think impressions about what the situation actually is. We're hearing very different, I mean, as you've said, very different things from the pipeline people than we are from people who oppose the pipeline than we are from the government. So um, just kind of sketch it out quickly for us. Um, Governor Wolf has, you know, a Democratic governor. A lot of Democrats don't like the pipeline, but he's supported it on the grounds that it's good for Pennsylvania's economy, among other things. Um, you know, where has he been on this? I've heard a lot of people complaining that, you know, he hasn't been as tough on the oil and gas industry as, you know, a lot of left-leaning people maybe would like him to be. Yeah, well, there's definitely a lot of people who want him. Well, yeah, there, there's, like I said earlier, there's, definitely been a lot of pressure put on him, specifically from the affluent suburbs of Philadelphia and those state representatives, state senators who represent that population, to not not just have the risk assessment, but also since the um, accident in Chester County ruined um, about two dozen water wells, um, to really crack down on Sunoco and make sure that they're doing the right thing and, and make sure that DEP um, is overseeing the process. And, and there's a lot of suspicion that DEP, for whatever reason, whether they don't have the staff um, or whether the governor, you know, hasn't really given them strong enough marching orders to um, oversee this pipeline project, there's a lot of suspicion that both the governor's office and the DEP aren't doing what they can do. Um, to make sure this is built in in the safest way possible. And I think that dates back to the fact that there was a lot of controversy when these permits were issued in the first place. I mean, we did a number of stories where we showed that these permits were issued with a number of deficiencies left. Um, And, you know, so the the permits were issued conditionally. So they had all these conditions, like, we'll give you this permit, but you got to do X, Y, and Z. And it's unclear, you know, whether or not they've met those conditions. Um, and it's, it's right now it's interesting that DEP has suddenly decided to pull the plug on this because a lot of the concern originally um, about the deficient permit really did have to do with um, where they were drilling and where they were laying this pipe and whether they were taking in, into consideration the complex geology um, that was involved in constructing the pipeline. Gotcha. So it does seem, I mean, one of the more significant parts of this whole thing that's happened this week is that this really is that one of the biggest actions the DEP has taken to, quote unquote, crack down on Sunoco. Is that is that fair? Sure. I mean, but what's really interesting is that they haven't fined them right. too much either. You know, there's not... You know, you know, from covering the gas industry, there's definitely over the past couple of years, several years, in terms of the gas producers, there's definitely DEP has definitely stepped up their enforcement actions um, in terms of the financial penalties that they've issued against the gas drillers. So what's interesting to me is there really hasn't been that many. There hasn't been very significant financial penalties for Sunoco. And so 
it, that that's what's interesting that they they have this work stoppage, but it was not accompanied by a financial penalty, and I really can't answer why that is. Yeah, I mean, and I also think going back to you know where everybody stands on this, I have the um, part of the statement from. Uh, Pipeline spokesman Jeff Shields. It kind of sounded like they're saying this is no problem. They said we intend to expeditiously submit this report. We're confident we can be reauthorized to commence work on this project promptly. I mean, that kind of sounds like a this is no problem, just a blip kind of statement. Yeah, well, that's the comment he gave to us earlier. Um, You're right. I mean, I guess it it, it really remains to be seen. I, I mean, if you look at the order from DEP, it does seem like a long list, a long to do list for them. For Sunoco, um, you know they've got some hoops to jump through and prove to DEP that they can do this safely and and correctly, um, and they have 30 days to do it from the time they issued the order. So we'll just have to wait and see what comes of that. And and to be honest, again, I don't know. I I've asked Sunoco, um, you know, what does this mean for the pipeline production schedule? Does this, you know, the pipeline itself has been plagued by lots of problems and lots of delays. And this seems to be a significant delay. I mean, the last during the last earnings call in November, Sunoco said the pipeline was going to be up and running by the spring of 2018. And I don't know if this work stoppage will have an impact on that or not, um, given that the cold weather may have had them stop work anyway. I really don't know. So um, I haven't heard back from Sunoco on whether or not this is this means further delays on when this pipeline will actually come online. And you said uh, middle of 2018, that's when it was supposed to be done? Yeah, well, there, well, the latest estimate, the latest projection was the second quarter of 2018. So okay. That would be like this spring. Right. But, that's, but that was delayed. There's been subsequent delays. Um, that was not the original projection. All right. Well, um, Susan, I think that's all the main points on this issue. And obviously, it's kind of still unfolding. But uh, as we you know, move into next week, we continue following this. What are you going to be looking at? You know, I'm, I'm going to be seeing whether or not, um, you know, what, what's happening with this risk assessment is is the Pennsylvania Public Utility Commission, you know, what, what's their take on it? Or have they made a decision about that? Um, you know, what is happening with a projection around when the pipeline will come online? Um, is there more to come out about what's going on with this pipeline construction? Um, I really don't know. But that's what, I'll, that's what I'll be following mostly for the next, you know, week is sort of like, okay, well, is there going to be a risk assessment? And who is going to do the risk assessment? Um, and what is a valid risk assessment? What does that mean exactly? And number one and number two, you know, will Sunoco be able to answer all the questions and concerns that DEP has in the next 30 days? And what will that mean for the pipeline? <laughs> so a lot of questions still to be answered. And uh, anybody can keep up with those. Tune in to WITF to WHYY or go online to State Impact Pennsylvania and uh, follow all of Susan's reporting and the other reporters on there. Uh, Susan, I think that pretty much does it. Thank you so much for uh, for coming on. Thank you, Katie.